Hi, my name is Flip Awesome Aguilera, and welcome to Wait, the show where I find interesting people just like you and discover what's going on between their ears. Now, let's get to know one another. Welcome to the Love Chat series. Do you even believe in love? <laughs> my name is Virginia Jimenez. I am the founder of Love Camp and a love coach. And today we have a wonderful conversation in store for all of you around the topic of do you even believe in love? And it's centered around connectedness with others and with self. And before I share a little bit more about our guest today, I wanted to share why this is even important, why Love Chat even began, because I've gotten a couple of those questions behind the scenes. And the whole purpose of the Love Chat series is to share stories that touch, move, and inspire people that spark an opening, an opening to really see the potential and possibilities through being and having love in our life. So being a source of love and having love through relationships in our life. And it's all because of, well, my own story, right? I've had my own story, which I've shared multiple times, and you can check out probably one of the past Love Chat series to learn a little bit more about that. But I also wanted to share the other stories in life, right? Other people that have these stories. There was a time where I was um, facilitating a support group called Healing Hearts in Miami for about a year and a half. And it was a wonderful space to discover the power of storytelling and belief because people would come in feeling vulnerable, scared of even sharing themselves, but wanting and really desiring to feel connected with others and to feel supported in a time of need whether they went through some betrayal or they were heartbroken. The details of it are could be a, a wide variety of stories, but when they would hear other people share their stories, some of them would feel like, oh, wow, I'm not alone in this. Oh, I never would have imagined that person would have that experience. And it really got even females to start looking at male stories a little different. And so that leads me into our guest today, because our guest today happens to be one of the first males to, to share their story on the Love Chat series. I'm excited for him to share a little bit more about his story. And let me introduce you to him. I've known Flip for quite some time. He's a friend of mine. Uh, Flip Aguilera, who will be sharing his story, is an NSCA Precision Nutrition University of Miami sports coach. He is uh, also uh, has a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, he's pretty much a holistic coach. There's so much that Flip knows, not only from the physical side, but really optimizing the mind um, as well in his modalities when he works with clients. Flip has worked with CEOs, actress, actresses, actors, athletes, and everyday heroes, helping them achieve higher levels of mind and body awareness through intelligent communication and personalized programs. So I'm really happy to have Flip on. Not, not only is he a coach, he's also a parent and he's uh, happily married and lives in, in Colorado Springs right now. So would love to, I'm, I'm happy to have Flip on today and share his story with us. Um, Flip, welcome. Thank you, BJ. So before I even get started with my story, our stories have been intertwined for probably more than a decade now, you know. I, I've seen you, just as you've seen me, come from where we were to the people that we are today, you know, spreading good energy, spreading love out in the world because there's enough of that other stuff. 
So it's been amazing to watch you flourish out in the world. Thank you, Flip. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Flip, let me ask you, do you believe in love right now in your life? I believe in love. And the other day I actually wrote down in my little notebook that I always have with me. Here's my notebook. <laughs> and I was listening to one of our faves, Esther Perel. And after listening to this specific thing she said, I was like, if I were to change my name to like have an MC name or a rapper name, my name would be MC Liar. And the reason that is, is because Esther Perel said, love is a risk. Liar. Mm. <laughs> right? Love wow. is a risk. Yeah. And I thought the same. I was like, wow, it really, you have to be willing to be open and put yourself out there so that love can come in. And if you really think about it, us being parents, when I think about my kids, I think to myself that through nature, through whatever it is through nature, love is meant to be let go and free all the time. Mm -hmm. Because we can't control our kids, right? No. So love is meant to be a risk. Love is meant to be out there and you give it and it may come back, it may not come back, but it's up to you to have the practice of being able to fill yourself enough to be able to give it out. Yes, to fill yourself enough. I, mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. So can you take us, because I, I can hear that you are filled with love and oozing that out to the people that you connect with all the time, obviously, right? You have tons of friends that could attest to that as well as your partner, Maritza, um, mm -hmm. who I would have loved actually to have on the show today as well. Um, but can you tell me, like, tell, take us back in time. Was there a time where you did not feel very aligned to what you're saying right now? Like, it was like love being in my life, like that I'm just, you know, that you were just unsure of. I would say that, of course, there's been times where love is, where I question it very much. And if I'm going to be honest with you, there's still times where I still question it. But then I have to ask myself, what is it that I want to represent in this world? What do I want to step out in the world and be like? And that, you know, kind of brings me to my story. So I love when people ask me where I'm from, because anytime somebody asks me where I'm from, my answer is always the universe. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love to see the reaction that people get. Because in my world, in my mind, in my narrative, I, there's a distinction between where are you from and where were you born, right? Those are two different questions. So I'm from the universe, but I was born in Miami, Florida. And I just moved to Colorado Springs last year. So for the first 40 something years of my life, I've only been a Florida native. I moved around a lot when I was a kid. You know, I went to first grade in one school, second grade, a different school, third and fourth were the same school, fifth grade, a different school, sixth grade, a different school, seventh and eighth were the same school. And then I went to the same high school. And, you know, a lot of people throughout my life had said, well, you know, that that's kind of like unstable. And I kind of see it completely the opposite. Look, I was able to move here to Colorado Springs and immediately start meeting people and making connections and building relationships because that's what I've been doing my whole life, mm -hmm. if, I, if I really think back to it. Now, I graduated from Miami High and uh, I did not know that the day after that I, that I graduated high school, I was going to ask my then supposed high school sweetheart to be my girlfriend. Right. And I didn't know that that simple choice of asking 
you know, Tony at that time to, to be my girlfriend, that four months later, we would be living on our own in an apartment in Dadeland thinking that we were adults at 18 and 17 years old. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that turned into basically a 10-year relationship, two children. My son, Aaron, is 20. My daughter, Alexa, is 18. She's going to graduate at the end of this month. I will be in Miami to watch that happen. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for her because she seems to have a good head on her shoulder. And, you know, I, I hope that part of that is because both her mother and myself have instilled love into both our kids. Actually, my daughter's middle name is Amor which mm -hmm. is love. So she, she, the core of her, the middle of her is love. Got it. So, all right. So you guys were, so you were very young when you started this um, relationship where you basically the, you, you guys were married, I'm assuming, or yeah. seriously together essentially. And mm -hmm. um, what, so, so from there you had two kids with her, uh, with the mother of your children and, um, what was that like for you? Like, I mean, it happened so quickly where you, was it like deep emotions or what, what was the, what was that experience like as your first serious, or I'm assuming it's the first serious relationship because you were very young, but tell me about that. So I'm going to say it was probably driven by youthful lust. <laughs> you know, at that age, you're just full of lust and desire because you've never really had anything. And to bring Esther Perel back, you know, desire is something that you can only have for things you don't have or you recently got. Once you have mm. something for a long time, you can't, by definition, desire it because you have it all the time. Mm. But you know, what drove us back then was that, was that desire. Plus the lifestyle we were living at that time in my 20s, like my lifestyle in my 20s was my nine to five was with a liquor distributor. So I'm around liquor, alcohol, at a good time during the day. At nighttime, I used to have a poker company. So now I'm around alcohol, gambling, and a fun time at night and on the weekends i was a very let's say a very plugged in part to the south florida party community i used to dj i used to be able to go to whatever club i wanted to and just walk in and be like and just party all weekend long so basically my life was literally a party for a decade mm. now when the relationship with my ex-wife came to an end and just to give a little bit of context i would say the reason that that relationship came to an end at all is because neither one of us being in our youth were operating from a place of mindfulness of trying to communicate better of any of that stuff so you know it, it, it would make sense that something like entropy could get a hold of us and rip us apart because we didn't have a good foundation within ourselves much less to have it for each other wow right? yeah mm -hmm. and those are things that i've learned over time you know <laughs> This is a great, this is a great for, for some of the young adults that might be listening to this later on, really, because it's really hard to see the future. Obviously, you can't, you don't know what's, what's to come. Um, but it's great to hear stories like yours and because this, you're, you're, it's not unique, your story, right? It's, it's really isn't. There's other people that have gone through something similar, right? They get together really young and then it, do, it doesn't work out because of what you're saying. I'm thinking the focus is essentially having the core foundations, right? Of really understanding who you are, it sounds like, and being mindful and communicative with your partner and understanding what those things are. That's what I'm yeah. hearing you say. I didn't have any of that and neither did she because that wasn't our practice. So how could we have any of that? What we did have was a lot of party and a lot of good times. <laughs> but eventually that, that, that wasn't enough. That wasn't a, a strong enough foundation to hold this together. So in 2007, 
I sold the poker company in 2008. I got divorced and everything felt like it was literally just falling apart. I had to foreclose on my house. Financial markets were crazy, losing money over there, not making money in the poker thing anymore. Now I have to pay child support. It was just like all these dominoes kept falling that looking back on it were moments of me deciding, do I want to show up for myself or do I want to crumble under this pressure? And being that now I had all this extra time because I didn't do the poker anymore. I wasn't partying anymore because what is it that a lot of people want to do when they get a separation or divorce? It's like, oh, let's go to the club. Let's go to the bars. And I'm like, I don't want to go to any of those places because number one, everybody we know is in those places and I need to get away from all those people. So I did not know that a choice to go mountain biking from an invitation of a friend of mine who was also a DJ, who is still a great friend of mine today. So he invited me to go to Markham Park to go mountain biking. Now, I did not know that it was mountain biking. So in my mind, you know, if you think Florida, it's flat. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to go to a park and just ride bike around a park. Yeah. So, so I get there and they're like, here's these pads and helmet and here's a bike and we're going to let you borrow it. All right, we're going to go in these trails. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to go into whatever these trails are. So we go into the trail within the first minute. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die in here. Why did these people <laughs> bring me here? Because <laughs> I wasn't mentally prepared for that. So they finally take a break and they're like, oh, so what do you think? And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm going to fall and break my arm or something. And they're like, well, you can go if you want, but that was just the warm up. We're going to keep going. And I'm like, that's just a warm up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, we finally finished that bike ride. They're laughing at me at the end, saying, like, oh, whatever. And on the way home, I'm like, I cannot let these guys laugh at me like this. So, I'm coming back tomorrow. Number one, you know, I was telling myself that narrative. And number two, I really didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> because, again, my whole life, was 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 becoming different and if i yeah. can tell you a story because now that i'm here in colorado springs you know i've started this event called memoirs true stories unfiltered which is very similar to like the raw storytelling that enid does down in fort lauderdale yeah Enid and, Alaska. Mm -hmm. yes and my last event the speaker who closed it out she brought up this concept of what is called the dark night of the soul and that concept is where everything that you were gets taken away from you and who are you going to become has not arrived yet. And there's this middle time that she called the dark night of the soul. And that's where I was. I was like, I don't know who I am. My whole identity has been ripped away from me, this person that I've been with since basically high school. And now I need to, I guess, find myself. But I wasn't thinking any of those things back then. Yeah. But I started mountain biking and mountain biking got me, you know, from that day that I started to a year later, I went from a complete novice to racing mountain bikes in just one year. Now there's a whole lot of story in that year, but looking back, I feel that mountain biking was the thing that helped me practice becoming mindful. And that was not the intention either, because when you're riding a bike in that type of environment, if you let your mind wander, you're going to wander into a tree, a rock, the floor, all places you don't want to wander to. So it forces you to be in the moment and be present. And, you know, I, again, that was not my intention, but that is what was effectively happening, which started to wake up 
that mindfulness muscle in me of, okay, I need to be more present. And, and being present is where I can find what it is that my body and mind and heart and soul may be asking for. Yeah. Yeah. I want to pause for a second around this because I, I don't want to pass through it really quickly without mentioning the following. Like what I'm hearing is that that was a time where it was kind of like a void who you are, like your identity essentially was tied to who you were. And uh, you were kind of in a void, like in, a, in that gap between what was and what's going to be. And it sounds like in that one year between the time that, you know, your, your life felt like, felt like it crumbled into pieces and you had a divorce and the markets changed. That was 2008, like real estate mm -hmm. bubble that was bursting at the time. Um, and uh, all those things were happening in your life. In that gap, as you were rediscovering yourself, you got involved in... Um, really uh, being more mindful un, you know, it was unintentional from what it sounds like, right? Like you just got into it and just wanted to, you know, you were determined to make sure that you figured out how to mountain bike, right? Like, so that mm -hmm. you knew how to do it and, and you got that far within a year and it led you to some mindfulness in your life. But really that, that is really normal. I mean, I'm, I just want to mention it to anyone out there that might be going through a time where their life is falling apart. Uh, as Flip is mentioning in his past, um, that there, this is, it's normal, like to go when there's a space like that, there's a void of, of like discovery. And we don't sometimes see it like that. We see it as, oh my God, this is the worst thing that's happened in my life. I don't know who I am, what or you know, I'm not the same person I was before. And you're starting, you have to create new friendships, right? Because for mm -hmm. you, you also were not speaking with the same people anymore because they were part of that circle from your past, yeah. right? So it's yeah. like, uh, it was not only that your, you, your identity was shifting, but also who you were surrounding yourself with. So there is a twofold of like learning to reconnect with yourself on a new space in this new void and then connecting with others. And um, I just wanted to mention that because that happens to be one of the pillars for Love Camp mm -hmm. is really the connectedness, how we're connecting to self and how we're connecting with others and the impact that really has when we are mindful and intentional about our connecting with ourselves and our connecting with others, those relationships. And you flip, flip you and I, we've talked about that, like the impact of who we surround ourselves with, right? Or the, the people that we surround ourselves with and um, uh, the mindfulness approaches. So definitely wanted to make sure I highlight that because it's really, really important that people understand that that part of it. And I, I want you, Flip, to share a little bit more about um, what took place after that. How else did you optimize your life as a result of what took place? Well, that year was, let's call it, call it the pivot year. It was very pivotal. And most of the decisions I made in that year, again, were just decisions that kind of happened. I didn't really put mindfulness in it. One of the decisions that I made that year was, and again, I didn't do this on purpose, is I didn't date anybody. I didn't see any women. I didn't anybody for about eight months during that year because I was so focused on riding that bike and getting better at it that there was not a lot of else for me to go around, of me to go around, number one. And number two, I still didn't feel like I was good enough. I was in that space of, oh, you know, what is anybody going to want me for? Because, you know, I have nothing to offer. I felt broken. I felt broken. And one of my favorite Dave Matthews songs, you see these little Dave Matthews guys back here on my little blanket, oh. <laughs> is, is, a, is a song called Broken Things. And, you know, the chorus says something like, who knew we'd be surrounded by all these beautifully broken things? 
And that wouldn't have made sense to me back then, but it makes complete sense to me now. Now, in that year, that is when I also made the transition of working for the liquor distributor into becoming a personal trainer. And part of the reason I bring that up, and I really want to emphasize what I'm going to say next, riding that bike did the main thing that we all know we need to do to optimize our physical, mental, and emotional wellness, and that is exercise. <laughs> I was exercising a lot. When you exercise a lot, it makes you tired. And if you're tired, what do you do? You, you want to go to sleep. If your sleep is good, your life will be good. If your sleep is bad, if I'm going to be honest with you, if your sleep is bad, just count off the quality and the days of your life at the end. Mm. Yeah, that's the truth of the matter. You have bad sleep, your life is going to follow that. <laughs> so again, I did not do this with intention, but all that exercise made me sleep better instead of keeping my mind up thinking of, oh, I'm going through this divorce and what is she doing? And I was just so tired all the time that I went to sleep. <laughs> you go to sleep, you wake up after a good sleep and you're like, oh, that was great. And yeah. I just kept doing that every single day. Now, I'll just say this story in passing, but part of what also made me change from that liquor to the personal training was that I hurt my shoulders and I was able to figure out how to fix them without surgery, which is what the doctors wanted to do. And once I was able to do that, I had my aha moment of, okay, I need to stop doing all this liquor stuff. I learned about every single joint in the body and I started, you know, telling people, you know, I can help you with that shoulder pain or that knee pain or that hip pain. And that is how I began now becoming, discovering the new me of who I am today, right? That's the foundation of who I am today. Yeah. Yeah. Got that. Mm -hmm. And let me ask, um, so we, I get that you definitely learned to optimize and you became more intentional. That's what I'm hearing you say. Like you, you realize, especially after your injury with yourself, with your shoulder, I should say that, um, you know, you could be more intentional in your approach, right? Not just like exercise, but really learn more about how your body operates and what would really support it in being optimized. When it comes to relationships at that point, when was it at, at, at what point did you actually start being open to relationships again? And how did all of this play into mm -hmm. that? Well, again, I got lost in that mountain biking as I was, you know, I had the pain in the shoulders fixing. I was just so occupied mentally that I, there, again, there wasn't a lot of me to go around. But eventually, one day, and again, I'm, you asked the question, so I'll say it. Since I was with my wife or my ex-wife for such a long time, I knew I wasn't bad looking, but I didn't ever really think of myself as, I guess as good looking as people thought I was once I was single and I was out in the world representing myself that way. It's because people came out of the woodworks. And one day I was doing, I was modeling at that time. I did a little bit of like commercials and magazines and all that. And I was doing a fashion show. And this girl from Detroit, who was very good looking, just, she came on strong. <laughs> and that is when I broke my eight month fast <laughs> of not really connecting with anybody. And after that, you know, that was a one-time thing. But after that is when I was like, okay, obviously there is there is some value in me, even if it's only physical that people see. But at the same time, I started thinking about mindfulness and 
being all those types of things. And that's when we were connecting more and doing things like Accent when Dynamo was just starting it and doing our little mastermind groups. And I was starting to surround myself with people who were also trying to be the best that they could be through overcoming challenges, right? Dynamo's yeah. was because of his divorce and his depression and yours was because of all the things you went through in your relationships and mine with my relationships. So to me, it seems like a rite of passage to go through a bad relationship if you use it to leverage yourself to a better place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that there's discovery in all those things. And, and you know what? Bad relationships or, you know, difficulties in relationships are not always just romantic, even friendships. I know people that have had that and that be an opening or an access for them as well, but only through their choice. And sometimes people don't see the power of their choice in the matter, essentially, and what uh, they choose, they get to explore in, in their situation or in whatever it is that they're going through. So I think what you're highlighting right now is like how important it is to start becoming mindful. Right. And um, I think maybe even your fast may have not may have been a contributor as well. Right. You had space to really just connect with yourself. And mm -hmm. um, even though it wasn't intentional, it wasn't like you had a plan per se, but it was what created the space for you to connect with yourself further. And, mm -hmm. uh, and eventually you started to connect with others. Um, and what was that journey like as far as like, tell me about um, the time from there to when you met Maritza and your wife and mm -hmm. how that like, you know, what, what transformation took place for you to actually become uh, someone who who became a husband, right? Like who's actually in a, in a intentionally serious relationship. All right. So let me wrap up the other story okay. and transition it into this one. And what you said about having that time for me, that is what helped me forgive myself and my ex-wife because I was bitter for about a year because she ended up dating one of my friends and they ended up getting married, having kids, they're still together. So don't ever tell yourself that story of, oh, that's gonna fall apart, you, you never know what's gonna happen. And I was doing that. But, and I figured out one day, I had a voice in my head, you know, that, that voice that sometimes just pops up. And I was like, oh, my ex-wife, she's so stupid. She never took time for herself like I'm doing. And then that voice said in my head said, who says she needs to do what you need to do? <laughs> and that's when I was like yeah that's right she's allowed to do whatever she wants I'm allowed to do whatever I want how about I just be grateful for what I'm going through and let her do her own thing and that's her own thing yeah. so that was a very pivotal moment and I can tell you I was driving on I-95 when I had that aha moment northbound <laughs> and Fort Lauderdale <laughs> I could tell I could tell exactly where I was like and it was like one of my favorite quotes is it's not the load that breaks you. It's the way you carry it. Mm, and that was the, that's the moment where I put that load. I was like, I don't need to carry this. <laughs> and that, you know, obviously having that, again, pivotal moment probably opened me up to becoming the type of person who was open to having more relationships. Now, as for meeting Maritza, you know, that was supposed to be another fast and furious, lustful thing. <laughs> And if you ask her, she'll say the same thing. She's like, oh, I saw him at our friend's birthday party and I thought he'd be fun for a night. <laughs> 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 and it was fun for one night, which turned into more than one night. Now, I will say this. When I met her, I was definitely not in the mind space of wanting to be in a relationship because 
I love meeting people, specifically attractive, strong-minded, self-sufficient women. Mm-hmm. And most of the women that I was around during that time fit that mold amazingly. And you can ask my wife today, because part of the reason that my wife is my wife is that I told her from the get-go, if you come here with any intention of being possessive, jealous, trying to control what I do, this is not going to work. I'm like, I don't know who I'm going to meet between now and the time that I die. I can't tell you I'm never going to cheat on you, that I'm never going to, I can't. I don't know these things. I don't know what the future is going to hold. But I can tell you that I will continue to practice being as transparent as I am right now in this discussion. So because of that, I, at that time when I met Maritza, I probably had a handful of women I was talking to. And all of them were amazing, self-sufficient, strong women. And again, the reason that I'm with Maritza is that Maritza has been able to meet all of those women. And I ask her when we're done meeting them, should I not have hung out with that person? Like what about her screams that I shouldn't have wanted to be around her? And she's like, no, nothing. She's amazing. I'm like, exactly. So I think a lot of people get relationships twisted when they treat it as as a possession. Mm -hmm. because that's not love love is meant to be free and let go because it is a risk (laughs) it definitely is a risk okay so Uh so tell me um so tell me more about uh the optimal how that that process of you you saying you had a handful of women essentially when you first met maritza and Mm -hmm. i'm sure there was some time between that and the time that you decided you know what i'm going to make a commitment and get Mm -hmm. married so how was the the world of optimizing yourself so that you became who you are now today, the, the, the very person that you are today. What, what took place for all of that? And to defend Maritza, she had a handful of people she was talking to, too. So it wasn't like, you know, I was like this only thing here. But because <laughs> I think we started our relationship with that type of transparency, it gave us both the space to be able to work on ourselves. And even if it's like, look, I, I'm not going to hang out with you for three months I need to go continue figuring out what I'm doing over here. There was always that space and there was always that communication. If we agreed with each other or not, right? There was still always, there was never a, oh, you you lied to me or you did something behind my back. It was like, no, I'm going to go do whatever I want because that's what people do ultimately anyway. (laughs) And I can either tell you about it and you can be friends. We could discuss it. If you don't want to talk about it, you say, hey, this is not something I want to talk about. But I cannot not, be myself I don't want to be a representative of who you think you want me to be or any of that all I want to be is myself all I want you to be is yourself and no matter how many times we ebbed and flowed we still kept coming back and still kept coming back and still kept coming back and it was like well you know I I I don't I don't mind hanging out with you (laughs) we always have a good time together we we have tons and tons of memories that we've created now. So with that, after that trip, we took a trip to Europe in 2016. Mm -hmm. And uh, I bought a ring over there and she didn't know it. And it was a ring that she was looking at at a store when we were walking in London. And I bought this ring and I kept it on the hush until February of the next year where I did my nerd night talk. Oh yes, I remember. uh And And I asked her to marry me as part of my uh, uh, intrinsic motivation example, because mm-hmm. my talk is about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. But, you know, 
I can sit in the kitchen with Maritza and we can make a beautiful meal together. We don't need TV. We can just hang out. We can be. We can be who we are and not have to worry about, again, being a representative, which is something that we all do when we are young, right? We, we pretend to be the person that we think that other person wants us to be instead of being ourselves. Yeah. And that puts you in, in misalignment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would say that would be out of integrity because if you're not able to be yourself, then it's slightly out of integrity. But what mm -hmm. I'm hearing is that there is this expression of authenticity and ex an exchange of authenticity between the two of you. Right. And you guys get to be in integrity with yourself and with each other as a result of the authenticity and transparency. So yes. That is that a is beautiful way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing is, is, uh, has occurred essentially in the space of, of love and, and commitment essentially. So that I think it's so beautiful, your story flip. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we end our conversation today? Yes. Gratitude. Gratitude. And the reason I bring this up is because I have a friend who was going through a divorce a little bit before we moved out here. And he was going through that time of the, of the separation where he was still kind of angry. And he was like, oh, I can't stand all of our friends. You know, they go hang out with her and her new guy, like it's all good. And then they come and hang around with me, like if it's all good. And I'm like, I let him vent. I did not cut him off. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finally, when he brought that to a close, I'd like, would you allow me to plant a seed in your mind right now? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, yes, you are hurt right now. It is hurt. It hurts to go through a separation and all that stuff. But there are about, what, 7 billion people in the world. 99.9% .9 of them don't even know who you are and will never care about who you are. So the people that actually give you their time and attention that's something to be grateful for because, you know, you have many years of good memories with this person. Should you throw it all away just because you are misaligned now with that person? Or should you practice that you had any of those memories at all, which comes down to gratitude? Yeah, I, I completely agree, Flip. I think that, it, I mean, to your point, essentially, you've built a life with somebody, mm -hmm. right? And then it doesn't work out. But it doesn't mean that you have to um, completely berate them or, you know, share all the negative things about them with the world, essentially, right? Because you still had really good memories. You were mm -hmm. there for such a long time. You probably had a lot of shared moments and um, probably had a lot of learning lessons with the person. And mm -hmm. this moment is a, that moment is another opportunity for more learning lessons, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to be grateful versus being um, hateful or hurtful, <laughs> hateful well, the, or hurtful. The thing is, which one would you prefer to practice? Which person would you rather develop in yourself? <laughs> that is a great question. And I think that is, a, a all of you that are listening right now, think of that question. Who is it that you wanna be in the world in the space of who you are, you know, energetically, not, not just energetically, who you're being period as a person. And, um, and, and allow that to be what di dictates the choices. I mean, I know it's easier said than done, right? Like, obviously, we yeah. have emotions flip. And yes. our emotions sometimes can take over. And we're not, you know, obviously as mindful about certain things. So we're human and we get to do that. But we also get to say, you know what? 
let me take time to reflect and see how I can express gratitude for what's occurring in my life. This is why I'm, rec- I'm going to recommend it again in front of all these people so that we can, I can corner you a little bit. This is why I recommend jujitsu from the place that I do it in Miami, because they don't necessarily only teach you how to fight, but they teach you a philosophy of how to live your life. And one of the words that they constantly use is rectitude. And rectitude means doing the right thing all the time when nobody's watching, when nobody's, you know, just doing the right thing. And one of the other words they use is courage because it's easy to do the right thing when things are easy. But can you do the right things? Do you have the courage to do the right things in the face of your emotions, the adversity, the all the negative things that you may be feeling at that time that'll make you want to take the shortcut and do things the easy way? Can you still practice having the courage to be a person of rectitude? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like someone of, of integrity, like I was mentioning, right? Yeah. Still standing mm-hmm. for your values, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank you so much, Flip, for, for joining us. For all of you watching, I wanted to remind you that you can follow Flip. Uh, you can actually visit his website, sweatnationworld.com. It's all right there on the bottom of the screen. You'll find him mostly on Facebook. Uh, he does have an Instagram, a couple of Instagrams, actually, Flip. You have more than one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but mm-hmm. he is on Facebook actively. Feel free to ask any questions you might have and direct them to him. He has, um, as he mentioned, he he has he's in Colorado Springs. He has a uh, speaking platform right now out there. Um, and he's also, um, uh, you know, tell, tell them a little bit more about you. Let's just close it off like that. All right. So I'm here in Colorado Springs now. I moved here during a pandemic. I didn't know that my five-year plan was going to come with a nice helping of pandemic on top. So that's made it a lot more challenging to just connect with people. But even with that, I've still planted those seeds and I'm still making it happen. So I still have some clients from Miami that I still do, you know, uh, holistic training with. I have a few that I picked up here in Colorado Springs. So if you're interested just in learning how to optimize your wellness physically, mentally and emotionally, you can reach out to me. And again, Flip Aguilera on Facebook is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. As you mentioned before, I've started two speaking platforms here. One of them is Nerd Night Colorado Springs, which is like uh, a place where people can come and learn from other people in the community, but in a fun and social way. And then I've created Memoirs, which is more of people's real raw stories where you really get to get 15, 20 minutes of somebody's actual what they went through and what we get to do at memoirs is the thing that we all need to practice doing the most. It's just sitting down and listening. And those events are doing actually pretty good coming out post pandemic. You know, there's a a good buzz for them. So I'm very grateful that that is growing over here. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Flip. And everyone, before I close off, be sure to visit lovecamp.co, lovecamp.co. We have the uh, June 10th, love camp group coaching program that's a 12-week program that is starting that day so from now to then feel free to add yourself to the list we can have a conversation i can share a little bit more about the program with you and um we are going to have another wonderful guest next week on the love chat series we have a lineup in fact we're even thinking of adding an extra day for the love chat because we have several individuals that just has impactful stories as you can tell, this this uh, story with you, Flip, the conversation took more than 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. usually I strive for 20 minutes, 
but it was just so good. I realized we were even going to bring back a speaker because she had so much more to share that was going to be, you know, of service to anyone that's listening. And if that's the case with you, Flip, we can always bring you back to have more conversations on optimizing our mind, body and, and physical well-being. Right. So uh, thank you again, Flip. And thanks to all of you for joining us in this conversation. Be sure to visit the site and subscribe and stay tuned for next week's. Thanks again. Uh, <laughs> Bye now. Later.